Welcome to Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. We're here to discuss public policy issues in our home state of Colorado and beyond. Making Action Happen is presented by Action 22. Find out more about our organization at action22.org. Now, here are your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Making Action Happen. I'm Sarah Blackhurst. And I'm Brian McCain. And we are having a a little bit different uh, show today. We're excited to have our friend Luis DeSantos with us um, to talk about uh, politics. And I know that shouldn't be different, but um, he comes from back east, New York in particular. Um, And so I just wanted to play a little um, compare and contrast. But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about a couple other things. Uh, The Colorado State Fair is going on right now. That was a big deal. They have uh, every year all of the the who's who of political um, political everybody throughout the state shows up to the uh, barbecue. Yep. Shows up to um, all the different events that are happening. Uh, my favorite one though is the stock show. Is the um, the youth? Uh, it's this their livestock sale, um, and that was this week too. Is that the one where they wear the Weird shirts, yeah. funny shirts. <laughs> yes. I've never wore that shirt, and I've been to that probably seven times over the years. So <laughs> they always try to make me wear the shirt, and I like some people like to wear the shirt. I and it's the rustlers. So what happens is there's different groups that sort of pull their money, um, and they're who's who out of Denver and who's who out of Colorado Springs, and they come down, um, and they uh, the rustlers all pitch in money, and then they buy a lot of the. Um, a lot of what's out mm-hmm. there, but um, for all these all these young people, but it's so great to see these these uh, little humans showing these um, showing their pigs and their steers and uh, the whole thing, their sheep, and it's just I love it. It's my favorite event, and it was over in the um, the event center, so it was there was some air conditioning. Um, and if you haven't been down to the fair this year. It is going, they're not wearing masks down there because everything's outside. Um, and then it's a it's a rebound year. I mean, that's yeah. what it is happening. And, and for everybody that likes to have fun at the fair, you can actually walk around the fair with your drink. That's been going on for a few years now. But that was always <laughs> a big thing because you were kind of crammed like sardines into one of three tents at the fair. But now you can, you can actually purchase a beverage and of the adult around. variety if you're of age and walk around the fair. Uh, that does make it a lot nicer, especially because this time of year it's a thousand degrees, and when you cram six hundred people into a tent, um, it gets a little sweaty and smelly. Um, yeah. So, but the fair's going on. Um, we heard just to follow up, and and we aren't we don't have a comment yet on this because we're going to see what happens. But um, the redistricting commission directed the staff to. Uh, drop a new map uh, for a congressional map that would include that southern uh, southern Colorado configuration that everybody's been talking about for the last little bit. Yeah, so it'll look completely different than the map that we kind of proposed and then their preliminary map that came out. But we knew this was going to happen. They, the, it was two options. It was refine the map, but if they heard enough comments, they were going to redraw the map based on what they heard. And then they'll still take comments on the new map and the old map, and, and that's why it's important to get out there and let your voice be heard when it comes to this. Yeah, so um, we're going to see what they what the staff comes up with, but we know that there's been a ton of work that's been put into it. Um, and on the behalf, I think the commission 
did like something like 35 in-person meetings or something like mm -hmm. that. So it's a tremendous lift. So whatever happens, we want to uh, express our gratitude to the commission for the genuinely hard work that they put in in trying to do this redistricting and in a way that's never been done before. Um, so we want to say thanks to them. Okay, so let's talk with Luis. So Luis is, works for the state of Colorado, um, and he does vaccines for all. He's the regional coordinator um, for that. And so we'll start with, um, we're going to start with where the vaccines are at, what you're, you know, what's happening there. But I don't want to talk about vaccines the whole show. I really, you, we've had some great conversations mm -hmm. with you um, on different, so Brian found him and brought him to me. And so we've been, um, we've been getting to know you pretty well. So um, it started with, you had to put some vaccine buses out there. Yep. <laughs> so of course you call us to say, where do we put these buses? Yes. Well, first I want to thank both you guys for um, allowing me to be on this podcast. And also the fact that what you guys are doing for your constituents here, this is something that I could have not done myself. The state couldn't have done it for itself. It's all about partnership. And yes, I did meet Brian at a, uh, should we, what, what was the name of the place? It was definitely a real, Shamrock. Yes, yes the Shamrock. Shamrock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a really great that, place. It, so we had a mutual that. friend uh, that introduced us, but um, it was it was great. I recommend the Shamrock. Also, you guys mentioned the state fair. Yes, we're not going to talk about vaccine for all, but the vaccine, our, my bus will be there. The state bus will be there. It's your choice. If you want to get vaccinated, it's all up to you. Uh, we provide the Walmart gift card, as you guys know, right. that there will be the $100 gift card. So please, like, you know, uh, whatever you, whatever makes you get to the, our bus, that's all, I'm all about it. And so, yeah, absolutely. And we're vaccinated and, and we're about it as mm -hmm. well. Um, and so the, the bus is at the fair for the remainder of the fair, correct? Not all of it. It's going to be here this weekend. And then, okay. as you know, uh, one... When I give you guys, I give you guys the schedule of the bus, and yeah. that's one thing I want to just point out. The Action Twenty Two, you guys have really helped us out in putting out the word. Uh, may I mention the taco? Yeah, uh, where we had the COVID nineteen. So we really appreciate that. We had over uh, two hundred people vaccinated in that uh, when we came, did two events there. So you know, th this is the kind of stuff that is going to get the state vaccinated. It's the grassroots mm -hmm. meeting with the local leaders and. You know, and, and uh, you guys are doing what you're doing here, yep. providing your constituents the service that you know is out there. So. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you said it this way, and I, and I like this, when we first started talking mm -hmm. was that, you know, this is about a person's choice to be vaccinated. Mm -hmm. It's not mandating a vaccination. Yes. And and I just read a study because the, the government, state government here and uh, other states, they're putting this message out where, you know, it's like, go get the vaccination and stuff. Yeah. But it seems like the opinion when the, the government's telling you to go get mm -hmm. it, it's making people not want to get it. They're like, why are you telling yeah. me to get this so much? But but like you said, it's a choice. It's just yeah. an availability. Each each group has their hesitancy. Each group has their reason why not to take the vaccine. I have my reason why I took the, my, the vaccine, but it's not everybody. So yeah. And also when I took this job, um, as you guys, we will talk politics too. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah, sure. uh, I want not to say New York, but uh, Colorado has a special place in my heart because this is actually where I first started my first campaign run. Uh, I was a intern for organizer for uh, Udall. And so, and now I'm back to Colorado 
doing this campaign, which I look at as apolitical because one, um, you know, you do have the choice to take the vaccine. And I like to talk to community members. I've partnered up with Republicans, Democrats, um, whatever other party association, the person I was talking to that didn't tell me. Right. I mean, it's all about getting it there. And the reason, like for me personally, I have my own personal reasons why I got vaccinated. I'm an immigrant to this country. Uh, I couldn't land, my, I couldn't put my feet on this mm-hmm. land unless I got vaccinated. Also joined the Peace Corps. And so we had to get vaccinated because yeah. they demanded us to have vaccines done in that country. And so, but other people have different reasons and we can't right. all put them in all in one bowl. And uh, you have people of color, you got, you know, different people that are just hesitant about it because one, they don't understand how it came about. They say, well, it's too, it's, it's there's no way that this happened in such a short time. But that's when you go and do your research. Right. You meet with your doctor. I always tell people, if you, I'm not a doctor, but I have medical people on the bus. We have medical people on the bus mm-hmm. and you can talk to them. Yeah. Because I'm not going to be a person out there say, hey, I'm the expert of the vaccines. I'm bringing the resources. We're bringing the medical staff. And then partnering up with people like you guys that are where you're like, okay, you know, you're educating them. And so it's all about that. And then in the end of the day, you know, I go to sleep at night. Because I'm like, I brought you the resources. Yeah. You had to decide. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I look at this. So for us, um, you know, we uh, in our house, we got vaccinated, all the adults. But mm-hmm. our my twins, mm-hmm. um, when they were very little, had some problems with their vaccines. So as they've gotten older, we've just put it off. So I went took them in for their, you know, their sports physicals this mm-hmm. year. And I we had a conversation with um, with their healthcare person, professional Um and I said, I want to know if this is, and they're like, yes. But I, I didn't do that until I was, I was hesitant, yes. mm-hmm. but I went and did the research, make sure it works for me. And I, mm-hmm. I took it myself first. Yeah. So I knew what was going to, what was coming. So, I mean, you can, we still, you still have time, go mm-hmm. do your research if you're uncomfortable with it or whatever, and then make the choice. Um, yeah. But there's some really great things that you guys are doing everything you can to make it easy. You don't yeah. have to pay for it. The buses are all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you guys are still doing the $100 gift card. Yes. And we're also opening, uh, doing the um, uh, Chipotle uh, gift cards. We're also, we partnered up with, I have to make sure this is, a, it's a hunting, it's the hunting license uh, gift thing. So right. we're, we've, we're, we've done, we're doing that, which hits more of the rural area. Uh, something that accommodates people. One yeah. thing I learned in the Peace Corps is that you don't do it. The you know I was there. I failed so many projects because I was doing it. What I would have done in America, you yeah. know, like for example, I'm not taking. When I came here, I'm not taking the Boulder way or the Denver way. I take it the way like I go down on the ground, reach to people like you, and say, "What's an incentive that can bring people there?" Yeah. And so, and I think the governor's office is. And literally been listening on that because we're providing not just Walmart gift cards, but we're providing. And let me tell you something: there's been an increase mm-hmm. of that. <laughs> so for a county, for a, for a union town area, there's an increase on Walmart <laughs> gift cards here. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good. It's good. Um, so do what you think is right. That's what mm-hmm. we're going to tell everybody. Yeah. That's what you guys have been telling everybody. Yeah. Just do what you think is right. Um, Tell me really quick, remind me where at the fairgrounds the vaccine bus is. It is going to be on Bulo Street. Bulo Street. Yeah, it's going to be, I believe, gate 
five. Yeah, the okay. Beulah yeah. Gate yeah, right the there. Gate. Five. So the so. the back main entrance. So it's the back main entrance. So if you take the shuttle to the fair, if you park down um, downtown on mm -hmm. Main Street and you take the shuttle to the fair, they'll drop you off right there oh. at the yeah. Beulah entrance. So wow. um, that'll make it really, it's really simple. Um, when I don't have VIP parking at the fair, I use the shuttle. And go that I way. didn't even yeah. know you guys had the shuttle. That's, that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah just uh, yeah. park right up the street. And wow. Yeah. And I've been walking. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, yeah. <laughs> it's parking is hard at the fair, so that's it's one of the nicer things that they do. Okay, so it's a that's a great segue into what I've been interested in talking to you about and what we end up talking about every time we visit. And every time we visit, it's like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I find it fascinating to hear your perspective because I mm -hmm. think we get pretty in the trenches where we're at, mm -hmm. and it's interesting the different perspectives. So, give us a little bit of history how about how you came to Colorado and what you okay. were doing and that kind of thing. And well, then go ahead. first, where are you originally from? Yes, I think that's important. Okay, it's so, very important. Um, I was born in Brazil, so I um, uh, just. Short now that I came here, I always tell people I was the uh, uh, not a planned immigrant because, like, I was uh, put in the streets of Brazil, grew up in the Catholic orphanage, then ended up uh, being lobbied to an adoption agency that came in and said, hey, you're going to America. So I ended up uh, going to central New York, which a lot of people think of central New York like New York City. It's not. It's no. a rural. It's, it's kind of like where the manufacturing has left okay. in New York. So it's <laughs> yeah. very like a somebody, a Midwest person said, it's like the Midwest in a way, because it's a, there's no, there used to be a lot of industry there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you guys are familiar with like the Rochester area, mm -hmm. Kodak, uh, Kodak and all that. I mean, it just never has been the same. Um, and I grew up in Oneida, Syracuse and area. And then I ended up in, uh, that family did not want me, and so I ended up in another in, with another family. And then I ended up uh, in a Baptist orphanage. I'm not Baptist. I'm just <laughs> saying I'm I'm working on these denominations, so I got to know them. <laughs> and so basically, from there, uh, one because Brazilians can dance, so Baptists they don't they don't like dancing so so much. So you know that's one of the reasons why I didn't join it. Uh, but the the children's home, you know, gave me a ca uh, scholarship, uh, orphan scholarship to go to Washtenaw Baptist University. Uh, my love for politics actually came through that because the president of our university was Bill Clinton's pastor. And I was on the oh. student senate. So my first taste of politics was that. And, you know, I was the vice president of my sophomore year class. And I got to meet this Bill Clinton everybody started talking about. And I used to, I'm just like... <laughs> looking at him and he's looking at me and I'm just like, he's never going to see me. I'm too short. And so, <laughs> but he was eyeing me the whole time. And just that, that, that gave me like that, like this guy is something. And I started reading about him more. And, uh, and of course we, uh, when we did the, the talk, you know, the listening and, and the, you know, giving out the questions, every questions he, he answered, didn't need a card or nothing. Mm -hmm. Just right. basically just was sharp. I mean, this is years after he got out of office. And so just, you know, uh, just sharp as could be. And I'm just like, this guy. And then we also had another elected official next month. And, you know, they needed no cards. This guy didn't. And so, oh, yeah. and so what I started doing is, you know, my evaluation where he came from is Hope, Arkansas, and then Hot Springs. 
And just that is the American dream that it's not my American dream, but like I noticed that everyone has a dream and everyone has a different experience. And I always looked at Bill Clinton as a person, no matter if you agree with his policy or anything, that you can become something. And at that time, I was going to school as a, you know, uh, on a scholarship, and I wanted to be a difference uh, maker, as my president of my university would say, you know, to our class is that we should be difference makers. And that's exactly what I planned out to do. I worked in the rural areas of Arkansas as a student relations coordinator with uh, TRIO programs. Um, it's uh, a lot of people are more familiar with the Upward Bound program. Yeah. It's part of the Great Society program. And so like it was literally, I enjoy doing it because we took these kids. It doesn't ma- it didn't matter what, you know, this is like rural Arkansas. Uh, I mean, half of them didn't even have never left their county. I mean, this is where I learned, like, the demographics of the whole state. We took them to Disneyland to teach them the business aspect, went to CNN, how things work. And, you know, this is something that I never had as a kid. So, like, Mm -hmm. this is something that I was was glad to do. And I was just proud that we did that. And we also, I learned a lot about, a little bit about lobbying then. Because, you know, you had to (laughs) tell people this is a good program. You need yeah. to invest in it. And so right. these are the programs that I see that America, you know, is good at investing in, in low income first generation students. And that's something that I enjoy doing. I joined the Peace Corps after that. And how I came to Colorado is because of Peace Corps, because I met um, an Irishman uh, out there and he, he basically was my next site guy. And he came up to me. His name is uh, Gary Fleming and Kathy Fleming. Good Irish name there. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, they basically wanted to do projects with me because I was at that moment. I'm like, man, nothing I'm doing out here in Morocco is working. Like I, you know, so what I, were you doing in Morocco? Let's I was go a back I was a that. youth development uh, specialist. So, so basically, working. I was teaching English and. Basically, I was uh, uh, writing grants for them for projects for gender advancement development or just being a resource to uh, to do like grants for sports events. Hmm. Uh, You know, any USAID and I would talk with USAID through Peace Corps to try to say, hey, can we do this youth event in this village? And so I was able with the help of my good uh, uh, friends that brought me to Colorado, uh, do a, we rounded up 10 villages. uh, We call them Darshavabs, they're youth centers. Mm -hmm. And we gathered them all together to do a a chess and ping pong tournament. (laughs) So we, yeah. So, and one of the things is I learned a lot about their culture and learned about like, okay, I look Moroccan. And yeah. so yeah. I and I that only speak one percent of the language. So basically, they uh, the joke is one of my Moroccan friends said, "Well, we always thought you were a retarded Moroccan <laughs> because you looked like it, but you didn't even you couldn't speak it." And so and I'm like, "Oh, that's nice." So you know, <laughs> you always find a time to humor is always been my thing when I'm in a situation that way. And so basically, after that, we. Um, uh, I had I got a counterpart. So what we do as Peace Corps volunteers, we get counterparts, the Moroccan nationals themselves. Okay. Because, for example, part of the grant itself was to get 
involve women in, in teens to be in there, not just males, but females to be involved. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a very conservative culture. And so me showing up to your house and saying, hey, can your girls come to our event? It's not going to work out. Right. So basically, I had to learn to like find a good counterpart. And, and we were able to get 10 villages to come to that event. And it, I say it's like, so I managed 17 other volunteers, but the success of the project was mostly reliant on Moroccans. <laughs> Moroccans had to invest in us just as we had to invest in them. So I call it, it's like just a team kind of team player. It's a leadership, of, yeah. it's a local leadership development. It's, and so, and we were able to do that. And uh, I love Morocco. If it wasn't for the World Cup in 2014, I probably would have extended my service, but I have a religion, you know, and it's, and it's called, you know, football, the real football, real football you know, the real right. football. I like American football, too. Don't get me wrong. But uh, so that's and then I, I ended up in uh, Colorado because my my friend Gary uh, kept talking about it. I was like, dude, yeah. you're like the ambassador of Colorado if they had to appoint you. You know, like nice. he would speak about CU. I knew about mm. CU before even coming here. Like, <laughs> go back for just a second. You said that when you felt like when you were in Morocco, mm-hmm. um, that you were it wasn't you weren't successful. Like, you were, I was not successful because I took it the American way of like, you know, like for example, the the things that I benefit from culturally in the United States is not the same for the Boys and Girls Club Association. Like, I benefited that as kids. I'm sure a lot of people here went to Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing I wanted to create there. But within their own culture, they have that. They oh, okay. have that. So you had to have point out something that uh, something that they don't do or something that they want to do. Yeah, something and that's so new that they want to do. Something that the community wants. And right. that's that's the same thing What's what I'm doing here with this job. Is I, What is this? They'll get people through that bus. What yeah. is, what mm-hmm. what is it? And so that's why I reach out to people that people are that are that the community respects and all that. And so that's why I failed a lot because I had a project in mind, but it wasn't the same in line with the community. So it's and a lot of Peace Corps volunteers learn that. You know, it's yeah. just uh, there's that mentality. Oh, we're gonna go change the world, and you will. You just need to change it. Maybe accommodate with your yeah. team uh, yeah. with the team there in the country that you're actually you're 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 a guest you're not I can't tell you how refreshing that is to yeah. hear I just it's that's tremendous um okay so then you came to Colorado with the Flemings yes and I got on the Udall campaign I I learned <laughs> I was like I actually learned how to knock on doors to uh, Obama Hillary alumni like they taught me how oh, to okay go about and how to navigate uh, Jeffco County. And, you know, it was interesting because the same, the only official that is there is Permutter, that, mm-hmm. that Congressman Permutter, because I campaigned, I, you know, put his name whenever people liked him and all that. So it was a learning experience, but I really kind of like, man, this is not really, this is really grunt work here. So, yeah. you know, and so we lost um, and, you know, I just said, uh, well, and I still have the number. I still have the 303 number uh-huh. uh, because I always tell people when I the rest of my campaigns I did, you always remember that very first campaign, whether yeah. you won or you lost. But right. mainly I remember it because we lost when we should have not lost. Right. So, you know, it was a very, you know, we can get in deep into that, but later, but like, it's just, 
it took me, I'm like, eh, I'm going back to New York. <laughs> so I went and worked for the Department of State and uh, through the, the, the Trump administration's uh, when layoff, we, I got back into campaign in New York and worked on Mayor de Blasio's campaign. Uh, I want to really emphasize, I worked in the New York State Dems to get, I was not on Cuomo's campaign. Okay. I, I want to emphasize <laughs> that I was in the New York State Dems. Right. Okay. And we helped get Cuomo, Hochul, and Tish Jane elected. So it was a down-the-ballot ticket. Um, I saw a lot of changes in politics there. That was the rise of AOC. When I was predicting you don't you need to watch this, um, a lot of my own colleagues were saying there's no way she could win. We ended up having birthday cake or cake in the office of Crawley. So yeah. that was a very learning experience for me. What do you think was the biggest learning thing for you? Like what is that you you went in and you had a preconceived notion and when you came out you're like that well that was completely well, different. I think, you know, you guys actually I, I was thinking about this, like all the campaigns from New York to California, it's it's not about the reason why these campaigns keep going and going is, you know, you gotta look at you help your constituents here through messaging, through like giving this information, resources to get vaccine or whatever the politics is. And I've listened to your podcast, like you educated. Um, a lot of these like campaigns, you have to also have a different message too. Right. But there's also, you can see the constituents are not being taken care of. And so that is why you got a lot of like campaigns going on. And for example, why you have so many people feeling like I want a new leadership. And right. that's what it was, I think, with that situation in New York, uh, with a congressional seat, like um, as a, you saw demographics in the Bronx and the Queens that were not looked at. They were being ignored. Yeah. And when you're when you just discount that, uh, the, the voters will let you know. And yeah. so and it's so easy to get elected. It's remaining in that position. That's the it's hardest the hard because there comes that constituent services. You know, for me, I believe politics is about service. Yeah. You know, even though it has been tainted with money and all, all these dark money and everything. In the end, I may disagree with a the blue and the red, whoever you stand for. But the question you ask is the policy. Are they working for the people? That's what it should matter. I yeah. love that. We're going to take a break and come back. We're going to get a little bit more into a compare and contrast. Um, so stick around. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. This episode of Making Action Happen is sponsored by Action 22's amazing energy leaders, XL Energy, Colorado Rural Electric Association, Colorado Oil and Gas Association, Gil Romero and the Capital Success Group, Black Hills Energy, Nextera Energy, San Isabel Electric Association, Outshine Energy, Colorado Solar and Storage Association, Tri-State and 174 Power Global. Action 22 is a nonpartisan, membership-driven organization which serves as a voice for action on public policy for 22 southern Colorado counties on the state and federal level. We focus on how issues relating to Colorado legislation, local government affairs, health care, education, and natural resources intersect for the economic health of our region. 
If you're a leader in your community and are considering joining Action 22, you can get more information by emailing show at action22.org or visit our website at action22.org. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. This is Making Action Happen with Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also reach out via email to sarah.blackhurst at action22.org. Now, back to Making Action Happen. Hi, welcome back, everybody. We're sitting here with the wildly entertaining Louise DeSantos, um, who is a bit of a, a wandering campaigner. Let's call you that, yes? Yeah, we, 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 all over we, the we place. can be a lone wolf, too. The lone <laughs> yeah. wolf oh, campaigner. Oh, okay, we'll call him the lone wolf <laughs> campaigner. Now, we'll know if he's really a lone wolf if the next time he really does campaigns, it's not for the Dems. <gasps> Did I just say that to you? Yes, you did. You, you definitely did that. I, I think you want a reaction. I, I need Brian here on my side, Eddie. So, so, so where's my bodyguard at? So we we uh, we're gonna have fun on this the second half because we we avoid politics on the show at all costs. Um, so I have to throw out there the opinions presented on the show do not represent <laughs> the position of Action Twenty Two. But no. Okay, so going in, you're campaigning in Colorado. I'm working on the other side of the aisle doing some campaigning, but I was more of the official stuff. But I did work on some campaigns probably the same time you did, so we were kind of like enemies back in the day. We were. Yes. (laughs) Did you guys know each other before? No. No, Never ran into each other. We ran into each other through a mutual friend through this vaccine. So you were operating on opposite sides. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And so you worked for, you campaigned for Udall. Yes. When he lost against Cory Gardner, correct? Correct. And there's that, another Peace Corps volunteer that hooked me up with that job too. So. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> so going back to the Peace Corps stuff and even the vaccine stuff, you approach this, and you know if, if you're over a certain area like rural Colorado or Pueblo, Southern Colorado, the the big campaign people always like get it wrong, right? For the rural areas. I, I, I'm, I will agree with you 100% that, uh, sure, because, like, for example, you don't want, a, like, I think is would it would be appropriate. Say whatever you want. The, 
So, like, you wouldn't want somebody from Denver having somebody from Pueblo to tell Denver people yeah. what to do. Oh, yeah, and like the that same, would work. And the same thing with Denver. Like, I mean, with Pueblo, you you know, each, each, each area has its own resources. Now, for me, like, when I came to you guys, like, I literally asked what you guys needed. Like, mm-hmm. what is it that yeah. I need to do? Because Which I'm not from Pueblo. Which is wildly refreshing. Yeah. yeah. And we that's, ne- very few people take that approach. Yeah. Well, that's 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 why they're not successful, I guess, I in what they do. I totally because, agree. And, and and Brian brought a good point. A lot of these, like, um, I'm not. They get outside outside people that are not there on the ground. If you're not even there on the ground, you should go to where you're working at. Exactly. Because um, I was like as a regional coordinator for the vaccine bus. Like, I try to follow the bus everywhere I go. Yeah. You know, I don't have to since we have this remote thing. But when I'm there, like, for example, when we were sitting at that, we, we, at the uh, D's Taco. Oh, yeah, yeah, You yeah. introduced me to uh, the, the, owner. Own, the operation owner there. Yeah. And so, you know, that's... Why am I blanking on his name? Oh, I know. Um, I'm, I'm going to shoot, because D's Tacos is wonderful. And so you came and you said, I want to do this. I was like, yeah. well, let's go to lunch. Yes. Yeah. And then I introduced you to the guy, and you said, would you want to do one here? And he's like, oh, absolutely. And, I mean, he was oh, so great. Oh, Juan. Juan, yes, 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 yes. It was Juan. And by the and way, so, they had an awesome float in the parade, yeah. the State and, Fair parade. Oh, yeah. my gosh, yeah. So that, they did. It's like, it was really good. I'd rather do that because, you know, I'm meeting with a leader, and he knew you, like, because you guys, he struck a conversation. And, you know, that's how I want to get my job done. I don't want to be, because I'm not from this area. Right. I've done campaign here before. But the only way I'm successful is through the people that are from this area. And, and right. I'm starting to see that more and more with groups like uh, Mount Carmel, the one that yeah. I've been mm-hmm. working on. You know, they're opening up a spot here in Pueblo. Yeah. And the their COO, Bob McLaughlin, mm-hmm. who runs it, he said, like, you know, we have to have somebody from Pueblo working in there because this is all about serving veterans. Yeah. He's like, I could send one of my Springs people down there, but no, we need somebody from Pueblo. Yeah, and and that's I think that's the way you do it is that you meet people where they're at. Yeah, yeah. and the same thing we're doing, and that's how I learned in Peace Corps. I thought, you know, I'm sure you were on the opposite side, of course, on Udall's campaign. Mm-hmm. I didn't think there was enough grassroots. There was not enough like uh, like just reaching out to the people. Mm-hmm. And even the Latino community, like, uh, as you can see, um, we can, like in California, I campaigned in California. They think of, I'm a, I'm a Latino, but I'm, uh, Portuguese speaking Mm -hmm. because, you know, the Pope said we got to speak Portuguese Mm -hmm. down there. That's uh, the only time I agree with him. But, you know, (laughs) so, you know, basically that, you know, it's, we're not a monolithic group. I'm an immigrant. I think of like I'm, you know, people being shocked. I'm fiscally conservative. Like I literally, I, I, I think about jobs, and I think about like the the economy in that ways, and just that's how a lot of immigrants. I'm not saying all immigrants have my view, but that's I, I like to talk about issues and policies, and that's what that's going to affect just not me, but my community as well. Right. And so that's the kind of operator I am, and so. Um, I think as an operative myself, I like doing table kitchen issues. And that's what I, that's how, um, as a fuel canvas director for um, when we got Congressman Brandeisi elected up there in Trump land, and I, I went back to a place I immigrated to, and I knew right away some of the 
talking points, the messaging. It just was not going to work. Right. New York, and, and you guys are saying, New York City does not represent all of New York. Mm-hmm. And we, you can't win. Dems can't win in rural area with a certain type of message. So if they, it's the, do the same thing over and over again, expecting mm-hmm. a different result. Yeah. Why, why do you think that is? Why do you think they're not willing? And you I, say too. So I think, I'll, I'll go first mm-hmm. on this one. I think it's a formula that used to work. And they've never reinvented the formula. Mm-hmm. So like anything with a campaign, you know, you have to have your infrastructure of your campaign, your volunteers, you have to have your literature, your signs. Mm-hmm. But all of that's one click away because they've been doing it the same yeah. way constantly. So, you know, if you just go on the one website that you order yeah. signs from, you talk to the field director from the party that already has their mm-hmm. directors in place, and then they just fill fill that yeah. up. And they, that has not changed in probably 50 years. Right. Here. And and some of the places like I, I'm not saying I'm like when I when I saw in the New York State Dems they got people from other states to come yeah. you know and that's mm. a big mistake they, because they do that here too yeah. a lot yeah. and so I I feel like if I was in the hiring of any I always hire the local I did that as a fuel canvasser director in Central New York. There's a huge refugee population there. Mm. And $15 an hour goes a long ways in central New York compared to New York City. And so my competition was keeping them because you have casinos in central New York. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Turning Stone Casino uh, basically was, you know, they provided a full-time job for a long time. But we were able to get some of the refugees from from West Africa, uh, East Africa, and also from uh, Eastern Europe. Because okay. we have a, a, a Bosnian population, yeah. uh, oh, wow. you know, and so it's it's these people that are that make that town like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of, you know, bad talk about. But these they're always working They're They're extremely ready to get the message and they're willing to ask questions. Some of them are very blunt to our voters. But, <laughs> you know, you, you need that kind of ground. Right. Work. And I always provided um, daily reports. What I heard from my fuel people, because mm-hmm. even though I'm I'm in the office, I need to hear what they see on right. the ground. And sometimes I would be there to train them to make sure everything's great. So it's hiring the right people in campaigns. And I mean, I'm not saying don't hire someone from out of state, but you'll get a better like understanding mm-hmm. of the ground. Like you said about the veteran situation. I want to know what a Pueblo veteran thinks. You know, yeah. what, what, what's their strategy? Because they live here. I don't. Yeah. So how would you change it? Um, well, it, it's hard to do a whole encompassing change of the strategy because it works. It still works. People mm-hmm. get elected. And a lot yeah. of, and campaigns, you know, it's about money. And it's it, it, for, you know, one silver lining, it does create jobs. It gives business to people that do shirts and mm-hmm. signs. It yeah. gives temporary jobs. So it's mm-hmm. people complain about the money in politics. But that money is used to hire it gets people used, and yeah. buy stuff, pay sales tax and, and what have you. But, you know, I, I think it, it has to change almost at a local level. And then the people that work on local campaigns have to be more involved with the state campaign and the federal campaigns. Cause a lot of times, and we see here in Pueblo, you know, we have these activist groups on both sides of the mm-hmm. aisle that are out there waving signs, knocking doors for city council. But when it comes time for a Senator or a Congressman or even a governor, they're absent with that. And a lot of it, they, some campaigns, they kind of pull everything together. So you'll have one person hanging up like five signs on a house, which I don't think that's as effective because if I see a bag of signs, I'm just like, yeah, 
<laughs> up throw right, away kind right. of thing. But but the problem with the bigger campaigns is they their message is one size one size fits all, and that one size in Colorado is Denver Boulder, right? Yeah. So right. any message they put out into the five media markets in Colorado is going to be that message. And with the internet, social media, and people being able to communicate to each other instantly, especially yeah. in rural Colorado, they see that. They're like, did you see what so-and-so said? Exactly. Like, well, it's you like, uh, that, you know, let's talk about that current seat that's open. Uh, you, you brought a great point about everything runs through Boulder and Denver. Mostly every messaging going towards that race. And I, I'm, I'm pointing out, she's going to win. She's going to win right. because mm-hmm. you're not doing k- kitchen table issues. Yeah. She's ignoring it, and she's left a, a a broad like opening. If anybody with a brain could just go and say, "Hey, this is going to be our campaign," and the other reason you got redistricting, so all of them are on one side, just going after yeah. one person. So yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I've never. That's where I'm saying like this is crazy. Yeah, yeah this is crazy. And so, and I'm just like, no, nope, it's it's going to go red. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you went to, so you were here, you went back, mm-hmm. learned a whole bunch of stuff more. How did you end up back in Colorado? So I was, so I took a job with Tom Steyer to be, I wanted to, I came, one, I was working at first at an Empire Justice Center. I was working for legal services, uh, providing New Yorkers with that. So sometimes we were with, against the governor Cuomo and sometimes he, we, so right. I love that kind of. Yeah. dynamics because yeah. you can like keep people accountable my dream job hopefully you guys can give me some <laughs> job that's like <laughs> keep politicians accountable yeah. right. so but um i accepted a job with tom steyer because he his uh he was uh out there in california regional director uh for for the inland empire which again it's a different world it's a very it's a very conservative type democrats out there right and I took the job out there, stayed out there until I had a connection with Bloomberg. And as oh. you know, as a person that grew up in New York, you learn Bloomberg or the other guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and so I accepted a position as a regional organizing director for Colorado Springs and Pueblo. I was the only Rod regional organizing director with two. And I'm like, what is going on here? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I had two cities over there in California and I have two here and, and I told them right away, I'm like, you guys do know Colorado Springs and Pueblo have different politics, right? Dramatically they're, they're, they're different. So, no, yeah. they thought it was the same. And that was yeah. our mistake is I, I've going from that campaign is he actually was very good in the Springs because he was a business. Right. He talked about economics. Yeah. And if you talk about economics, you can reach a lot of people in the southeast because what is it here in the southeast is jobs yeah yep. and that's one of saying we were understaffed when we should be overstaffed Overst- but yeah. the strategy was again denver yep. and boulder right so which i mean because that's the numbers for, yeah but and, you, but, no. but you were competing against bernie sanders which yeah. was a brand already yeah. you know because you got to look at the the other guy's effect is that he created more people going to the left and so people love Bernie. And Bernie had done this in 2016. So he had created a groundwork. Mm-hmm. And so this is, again, they hire. And the guy is actually from Colorado, the, the, the person that did the campaign. They did it off of climate change. But it's not 
I, I, I always tell people, look at your wallets. You know, people yeah. are always yeah. thinking like that way. They'll, some of them won't tell you, but it is about is, the economy. Yeah. In the Southeast, it's about the economy here. It, it used to be the, uh, if you guys can correct me, the steel uh, Pittsburgh yeah. Of, yeah. Of, of the West out here. So those jobs have left. People want somebody to come and fill that void, and it hasn't happened. Yeah. So. Yeah, and he, that that's another big one, too. Um, you know, when he was campaigning on cl- climate change, mm-hmm. You saw the Western Slope and all of Southern Colorado like, whoa, like, no, because (laughs) this is, again, look at your wallet. This is our jobs here. Yeah. You know, where you have coal mines, oil and gas, Mm -hmm. and then you have them coming in saying that, and that that was a total turnoff. But at that time, you know, the votes were Denver Boulder and they had a concentrate on it. But now, as we're seeing kind of a migration into the more rural areas, Mm -hmm. you're starting to see these politicians pay more attention to the rural. And that's Mm -hmm. what I think is going to kind of change this a bit because they can't ignore... Um, a small town folk mm-hmm. because there is this boom and people yeah. moving here. Well, they, they state the messaging like what I learned uh, in central New York is I grew up around guns in, in New York. Like mm-hmm. I grew up, it, but what did I have to take to get that? A gun safety. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Right. You did got, I don't know if it's still orange. But yeah. It was it's orange. a hunter safety. Uh, yeah. Hunter safety. safety I so I, I had yeah. to take that. So like, but then you got the city messaging gun control. It's just not going to work. No. no. So it is about messaging. I mean, here in Colorado, it's in Southeast, it's economy. It's always about like the jobs here. And so they're looking for people like that. And, and like, once again, hiring outside consulting, they may not know all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So you need to hire somebody that is either from that area. And I, it, we, from my, from what I saw, we had a lot of volunteers in Colorado Springs that, you know, they're like, oh, he's a businessman. In the end of the day, they can say, wow, Bloomberg is a billionaire. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, they yeah, can't argue with no. that. Yeah. Correct. And Correct. so, and Donaldson came out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, legendary CBS and um, Sam w- uh, Watterson. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Law and order. I, 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 that's helped me speak English, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, law and order. I, that's how I got my English sharp right there. So then um, Bloomberg was out. Mm-hmm. And then what for you? And that's when the pandemic hit because I was supposed to, I was in talks to get on the Biden campaign, like the, the official campaign, but they never got back with me since the pandemic yeah. was right. literally yeah, and I was gonna go back to New York. I was like, man, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've had that feeling again. And then um, I decided to stay because I'm like looking at the coronavirus in New York. So I'm like, nah, mm, I'll stay no, here. And, stay. I, yeah. and once again, the my the my friend, uh, they let me stay at their place. And then I joined the um, Biden coordinated campaign, uh, voter protection. Mm-hmm. Again, Pueblo. It's just like they give me the Southeast. I think it's a gift. I don't know I what think, it is. I'm just going to say it. It's because the way you look. They look at you and they go, they make yeah. all the assumptions. Uh, well, yeah, they, what, I, to be honest, I've had people hire me because they thought I was Spanish speaking. I'm and not going to lie. Because all brown people speak you, Spanish. And you explained that it's Brazil. And did you have yeah. to then explain, no, they speak Portuguese in Brazil? Yeah, I had to explain that. So <laughs> some of my staff, they, when I got hired, they're like, oh, they said they hired a Spanish speaking guy. And I'm like. Yeah, no, that's not that. That must be. Let me let me look for him. But uh, for him, yeah. So, but um, no, it's um, I I 
I love Pueblo in a way of like, because it's like one of those you want to figure things out. I'm always a person that likes to figure out problems. And Pueblo provides that. Yes. <laughs> it's like literally like you're probably never going to solve it. But the fun of trying to solve it to, is what keeps you sharp. It. And so. So if you were going to compare, um, you talked about Kodak, mm-hmm. New York, compared Kodak to Pueblo. I think it's pretty, pretty similar in a way of, uh, I, I can't say they're the same, but have the same kind of history in the way that. You had a steel mill here that was yeah. the backbone. Yeah. I mean, uh, from my understanding, from what people have told me, I mean, this was the home for the Democrats. Like, this yeah. was like the their stronghold. Like, literally, this is where you get the blue collar right. type Democrats. Right. I mean, I, I as you know, I partnered up with some of the families here. Uh, when I say families, some Italian families sure. here. And, uh, you know, that is... That is very unique because, like, I'm just like, they told me the history of it. We've done events with them. And it's, 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 I, I would say it's like that. It's basically uh, factories are gone. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's just not, you know, the question is, what have we done? You know, and, and that goes, and I say to people, our education, how have we trained our people to, you know, to meet the moment? And we haven't. So, right. And I noticed that Pueblo is just looking for somebody. They're looking for an elected leader or somebody that can give them, be a, a difference maker here. And I, I haven't seen that. <laughs> One of the first things that it was a funny conversation that we had. Um, you had wanted uh, elected officials to to come out and say, like, go get yeah. vaccinated or go get this, yeah. and you couldn't understand. Like I was like, no, that's not what you want. Yeah. And and you were so confused by that because back there. Yeah. There's a little more celebrity or status to it, or how is that different? Well, okay, so for example, I still get a number from my assembly member in uh, my last residence before I left was uh, in Harlem, you know, in New York. And I get my assembly member calling me like, hey, you can go get your vaccine shot at this point, this location. Gives me an address, right? Right. And I'm not, all I'm saying, the reason why I wanted that is that. He's not really telling me, but he's telling me information if I want to yeah. go take the vaccine right. sign. And I never think that's a bad thing to do because then you can never tell somebody, well, I, you know, that person, I didn't know. Yeah, you did. Yeah. You know, and so that's why I, w- I was very, like, when I first came here, like, everybody, I provide them the schedule where we're at from the U.S. Senate to the local, yeah. you know. Nothing, you know, just really nothing. And so I'm, I'm just shocked because I believe this is a team effort. Like, yeah, you're not telling somebody to take the vaccine. You're giving the information. That's kind of what I wanted the elected official, because once again, as an elected official, not that I'm ever going to run, but I would want my constituents to know all the resources, because why people are upset of government and local officials like, well, you didn't tell me this. You didn't tell me that. So the thing is, you're doing your job when you just tell them, hey, um, it's on Main Street. Mm-hmm. So why do you think that's different? So a completely think, other perspective. I think it's because, one, in, in Southern Colorado, I do believe in choices. But I believe in my own personal choice. But I know at the end of my choice, there's responsibility I have to take. Right. The question is, is there an R? <laughs> 
in your personal choice. And I don't think there is a lot in a lot of people. They just, they want the personal choice, but they don't have the responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I think that's with comes with some elected official. I'm not saying all of them. Right. So if anyone's hearing this, I'm not referring to you. <laughs> and you know what, Craig, we, we talked about this too. Like, so Colorado's the only state where they don't call them assemblymen, right? Yes, I was really confused. I, yeah. When I, they said, oh, I'm a part of the House, I'm like, oh, you're a congressman. You're a congresswoman. Yeah. Oh. No. But they, they, I think they may do it in Texas too. They might. You know, you guys have such a rivalry. You guys yeah. share a familiar kind of story there. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But no, yeah, I was totally confused when I came to Colorado Power and they said, Yeah, House member, House representative. Like No, no, it's con it is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Even when I'm having conversations with people and I say I'll say Senator Simpson and then and I'll say Senator Bennett. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I have to explain the difference. And yeah. then every time I go, No, yeah. this is the state side, this is the yeah. federal side. And you do yeah. have to do that. It would be nice yeah. if we call it's just, that well, it's just the house thing confuses me. This, uh, the, in New York, we say state Senate, like state yeah. Senator. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's not that confusing with the senators here. It's just the house representatives. Yeah. Well, it really got yeah. me. Yeah. Cause I had to, I, even before, I think in their old thing, they had like house representative mm. on their thing. I'm like, you should really change that. No, yeah. they do. Yeah. <laughs> you should it really change that. It is confusing. So, yeah, I, th I have to explain that to a lot of people. <laughs> that, you know, no, the state is different than the federal and vice versa. And like, yeah. So yeah. I've um, so to wrap this up, I want a, both of your opinion on this. If this idea of mine is insane, Brian's going to already say it is. But <laughs> um, so, you know, talking about like what's going to make a difference and, mm -hmm. and this sort of thing. My big frustration is, um, are we looking at who they're serving like these all these people who are running for office mm -hmm. you know pretty quickly if you stop and ask the question but i want voters i want coloradans to ask the question are they serving party or are they serving colorado is that to make that kind of paradigm switch which i would love to see is that like just the most ridiculous aspiration i could possibly they'll say i'm serving the party that wishes to serve colorado that's okay, the, that's, that, that would be the response. Yeah, right. that's fair. That's fair. I, I've been that's getting stupid, people, like, I have had, like, at events, I've had people say, yeah, I'm running for office. One of the things I think also uh, voters need to say is, why are you running? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. everybody, point. everybody can run. Yeah. Like, and I sometimes ask them, like, okay, tell me about, about the demographics of the district that you're running. If they can't tell you that, yeah. then yeah, they shouldn't be running. There's and no so, way they can serve you if they don't yeah, understand the demographics. If they don't understand, like, you know, that's that's what's important. Everybody is just wanting to run. The question is, do they even know the people they're going to run for? Like, yeah. Yeah, just, it's in them. And so question. that's that's what it's a little common sense here. We have to yeah. start saying, like, OK, you're going to run. But are you going to run off just like I told you on this, the, the, the CD3 here, right? Uh is it, is it, yeah. The, 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 yeah. CD3 right like, now, yeah. Everyone's running against a person. Not for the people. Not for the Not people. Not for the people. Yeah. So yeah. that's what you voters need to me. start asking. Yeah. yeah. And like you guys do, you guys, why I, I respect you guys is that you guys are serving your concerns. 
thank you for tuning in to Making Action Happen. Be sure to join your hosts, Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain, for another edition of the show next Thursday at 1 p.m. Mountain Time, 12 noon Pacific Time, and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a good week.